Welcome to Investing, Earning, Living podcast. Your hosts, Marika and Marek, who went from nothing to multimillionaires in their early 30s, will show you how you can invest more, earn more, and live more. How you can go from zero to a multimillionaire through strategizing, diversifying, and increasing your earning potential. Invest more, earn more, live more. Welcome at Investing Earning Living podcast. My name is Marek. My name is Marika. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about flips. So what is flip, uh, Marika? What is actually flip? When we're talking about flipping properties, real estate uh, deals, what is actually flip and why do we do it? Um, okay, um, so flip is a, a property strategy, one of the property strategies that is out there where you um, buy a property um, typically a lot cheaper we call it below market value so you buy it a lot cheaper than the resale values are within the area or on the street so you are buying a property that is below market value where you can add value and sell it for uh, for more than your total spend is. So you're telling me basically to tell all the beginners uh, that listening and obviously for the more advanced property investors, flip is purely for the profit? Yes. Okay. So the idea of flip is that uh, you would buy it uh, in a very bad condition, poor condition, or you would have a below market value deal, which you know it, once you add a bit of value to it, uh, maybe extension, loft conversion, uh, renovation, I don't know, USB sockets, whatever you know can add value to the property, it would then be worth significantly more by valuation. Therefore, you have a chance to sell it for profitable money. Yeah. And would That's that be good. after all costs or how would you, how would you think about it? Um, so typically, um, when you are flipping a property, you do have to take all the costs into consideration, including uh, all the purchase price, the legal costs, um, the the stamp duty, the renovation price, the project management price, the sourcing fee if you are using a sourcer. Um, going back to legals you need to take into consideration the legal costs for the purchase as well as for the sale of the property um and i hope i haven't missed anything out oh yeah the, the capital gains tax as well that's something yeah that we're we gonna cover to that about. in a minute so when it comes to flipping property uh how would you inquire a property in the first place uh, in order to then sell it for a profit um, okay, so we are looking for the um, the properties that we can add value. That's our starting point. So any of those smelly properties uh, below market value, the ones that are in a bad condition, that have some structural problems, that may have a knotweed that we could potentially put a treatment plan on. You mean Japanese um, knotweed? The Japanese knotweed, which yeah. is a, a special, which is a plant. Um, that's got some roots that can go um, can damage the foundation and the structure to the building, and therefore uh, the ma- the mortgage companies do not want to mortgage it. Uh, we can cover this in next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the listeners to know, if you do find a Japanese knotweed which has to be at least seven meters from boundaries of your property, otherwise you're not going to get a mortgage. But if you do find any your property, you can use it uh, to, for the advantages of flipping your property because it's very easy to treat. You can put an insurance plan onto it as well, and therefore you can then sell it for significantly more. Yeah. Uh, also, um, where would I um, acquire those properties? So typically those properties um, are available. A lot of them are available on auction. Um, so I could potentially go on to auction. However, going on to auction, you do have to have the cash ready to purchase um, because typically... And and be more experienced because you Um, will not know if it's a significant structural damages, 
uh, if there is a legal issues and stuff yeah. like that. So, so I wouldn't advise the beginners to start with auction unless you know what you're doing and you mm -hmm. you have some sort of experience. Now, from our experience, uh, we are actually specialists in flipping. We we've been flipping for many years now, and this is how we've been uh, scaling up, scaling up our portfolio. In fact, we got so experienced at it now that we do um, we do complex flipping deals. So we would then uh, buy block of flats, sell some of them get some of them for f pretty much free uh, split title and and so on and so on well i'm not going to go into details of it um, because it it, it it takes many years to get very good in complex deals however flipping it is profitable if you get it right yeah you need to um really know the market the local market you need to understand your numbers um, understand your calculations. You need to check what has sold in the recent years um, within on the street. Typically, you are looking at the same street or up to quarter of a mile if you really, really know the area. Now, one street can differ a lot from another street. So if you do not know the area and there is properties selling for a different price next Street, it may not mean that you will be able to sell them, so sell your property for the same price as the ones selling next road to yours. Yes. So before you actually commit to buying a, a property to then in future flip it for profit, sell it for 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 additional cash. Uh, what you want to be doing is getting your due diligence correctly. Yeah, that's so checking for uh, localization. Uh, where is it? Um, is it good for the local local um, tenants? Is it schools around? Hospitals around? Uh, what are you going to target? Are you going to sell it to young professional or family? Uh, are you, do you want to uh, target students? A uh, bit like that. So you really need to find out what is your end goal and result and yeah i know you are big um, on the crime rate statistics as well it, that's something that yeah. you always look out yeah. for yeah so we tend to never go when it comes to to selling the property for for profit flipping the property the ones that you want to keep is not so much because you're going to rent it out and and it doesn't really matter but if you want to uh, sell the property for for profit then I would suggest not to go over 300 reported crimes per month in that specific postcode. Not in the area, in that postcode. Because if you just write a, uh, you know, first few letters of the zip code postcode, zip code in America, postcode in UK, then the numbers will go through the roof. But if you just check it specifically for your, uh, for your postcode, Per month, then uh, you don't really want to go. Don't really want to have more crimes than over uh, three hundred. However, that might vary because if you are flipping properties in a holiday area where there is alcohol parties, that might be bigger. So you have so, to check what sort of crimes as well because we have bought properties before where we flipped them where they had seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred crime reports uh, during a month. But that was because we knew what sort of crimes there wasn't sexual crimes, there wasn't uh, there wasn't you know um, burglaries. There was mainly a a. Um... So it comes down uh, to knowing your area. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So those those crimes were you know uh, bad behavior of drunk people, but you know, mm. so you really need to you really need to do your due diligence now if you want to just purely make profit on flipping then you can buy the property which is in very bad condition i always say the more smelly stinky they are the more profitable they are it is true some of those properties where we buy them you pretty much wiping your shoes on the way out not on the way in because it is absolutely terrible. You can you you can expect anything. 
Yeah, it's not for everybody. It's not it? for everyone. Yeah. You can, you can, you know, you can uh, stumble on needles, uh, human feces, uh, animal feces. I mean, we've we've seen it all. But again, the more stinky, smelly they are, the more profit that they produce. Okay. Now you can, like I said, there's two type of strategies that uh, we've been doing, and it's buying, flipping, buying, flipping, buying, flipping, buying, flipping. That is purely for the profit. Or if you want to build a portfolio, then what you do by using flip strategy, you buy three properties, you uh, keep two properties and you flip one. Is that correct? No. Buy three, sell two, keep one. That way you constantly generate that made a mistake. Buy three, sell two, keep one. That means the profits of the two that you sold goes into the ones that you're keeping and you still have enough cash cash to buy another one so that's that's what you want to really do it mm. flipping is not easy though some properties may not sell for unknown reasons is that correct yeah um so i would always recommend trying to flip everything you are purchasing and see how this goes and then keep the one that doesn't flip yeah so if you bought three properties i would put all three of them uh, on the market see which two of them are gonna sell uh the one the third one i will keep it for myself which i would then refinance and uh, put it on to rental so i have a, a passive income coming to me each month and the profit from the other two I would either put into the, the one I have uh, to not have a mortgage or buy another property. So when looking for deals, you always have to um, calculate the yield as well because you may end up with that property as a rental. Yeah, that so comes you to your, your backup, backup plan. plan. Backup plan, yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's... look. Every investment, it doesn't matter if it's a buy to let or, or stock market or cryptocurrency, it's a risk for everything. So flipping is always a risk as well. And people who are really interested in buying, renovating and selling, which is flipping your real estate, flipping your properties, they need to understand that it's a no a get quick rich scheme because it takes it takes almost 12 to 16 months before you sell each property. Mm. And when people tell me, no, it doesn't, believe me, it does. And I'll give you an example. You will go and find that property through an agent or through uh, off the market, whatever, or, or um, auction. If it's auction, it's a bit faster. But let's, let's, let's say you found a very good property through the agent. You put an offer on. The legals usually take two to three months to complete for all the searches and uh, all the le legalities to be completed. After three months, if the renovation, let's say, let's say the property is 100K uh, and the renovate, it's a three bedroom or four bedroom house and the renovation will take you refurbishment 25K. Now that's not going to happen within a month. That will take three to four months as well right we already at seven months by the time you then get uh, all the agents in the local area to value the property and put it back on the market that will take you uh, another two months because especially in uk agents don't tend to just come up the next day it takes time and then obviously it takes time for them to to get a valuation out to you the main thing you want to do is get all the valuation in written you know, on an email to you. So you have all written what is going to achieve. Now, getting valuations for flips, you, you don't want to get one or two. I would suggest getting six to a 10 valuations so you can then compare all of them because some agent will significantly undervalue the flip property and some of them will significantly overvalue. So you really want to get the middle, middle valuation to know what, what you're achieving. Now, what we do when uh, when we flipping the property, if we know that the property is going to sell for one hundred and eighty thousand, we are aiming to sell it for one seventy, because we want to leave something for the buyer, so he feels that he's got really good deal, and we know we sold it quicker because because we left value for the for the buyer itself as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what is the main things that you need to think about when you're flipping 
So let's say, Marika, we found a property for 100,000 tomorrow, which is in really bad state and we need to add uh, value to it or we need to, I don't know, put treatment plans, uh, rectify structural problems or maybe add extension of conversion. Let's say it's simple renovation, 25,000 pounds. What you need? What is the next thing you need to think of? Well, first of all, before you've put an offer, you really need to know, um, as I as I said before, you need to know the resale values of um, very similar properties um, within the within the area. Actually, preferably within the same street, um, with similar meter square, similar. Um, so let's say if the, the property that's sold within the same road is a semi-detached, you ideally want your property to be semi-detached as well. So you need to get the comparable right for the sold properties, not the properties that are currently selling on the market, but the actual sold properties. And we always look back five years. We don't yeah. look more than five years. So for the comparables, you really want to get like for like on the same street. Mm -hmm. Mm, seven times out of eight you're not gonna get like for like but if you get very similar, similar. in size mm -hmm. which is meters squares of the property is very important if it varies by 10 meters then it's probably that this property has extra room there or maybe extension or stuff like that so you need to bear this in mind yeah so if it varies by 10 meters it is basically double room extra extra double room so the price might vary uh, and it's important, as I said, to um, if a property is semi-detached to um, that that has sold, that your property is semi-detached because if your property is terraced, um, it it may be it may not be able to achieve the same as a semi-detached. Correct. Okay. So now let's say you've picked up the keys after three four months of legals and all the searches, and we need to start now. So what's next? Okay, so uh, before we uh, before we actually have purchased the property, um, we have we would have put the offer in. We would have estimated the renovation value. Um, however, before the actual exchange and completion, I would advise that you do take some builders um, over round to the property you are just about to purchase, because. If you are not experienced, especially if you are not experienced, you need three to four different quotes from different local builders. If you are experienced or if you have your own construction business like we do, for example, um, then you really know what you're doing and, and, and you would know the cost of renovation. But if you are not, you really need to back up your renovation quote that you have in your mind by actual quotes from the builders. This is to protect yourself because if you underestimate the, refurbish the refurbishment cost, then the deal can really go wrong and you might end up losing money rather than earning money. But also to compare the specification from other building companies. Because just because you get in quotation from one building company, it doesn't mean they include everything in the price. They might be including half of the stuff that you want to done, where other company might actually include that for less price. So you really want to do, and you'll be looking at at least five quotation, I would say, isn't it? That's what that's what we would yeah. expect. Yeah. When we when we uh, actually given quotation out, we always in the back of our mind say, well, we're competing against five to ten other companies, isn't it? Mm. Now we know we are not always the cheapest, uh, but not always the cheapest is the best. Okay. That is. Um, correct. So. What okay, so now we're doing the renovation. Let's say it's it's simple renovation and it's 25k reno. So what you really need to look out for now? Okay, so uh, you are flip. starting the renovation. So before you even start the renovation, you need to agree the timescales um, with the builder. Timescale is very important on a flip project because the quicker you can renovate, the quicker you can, the quicker you can sell. And this is very important if you are working on a bridging finance. So if you bought your property, not with cash, but with a bridging finance, then you've got between six months to a year, I would say on a flip to always agree a minimum of a year 
to come out of the bridge because you need time to renovate it. So the typical renovation like that, um, I would say, takes about three to four months. Is that yeah, depending yeah. what you really want to do. But let's say three to five months. Yeah. You know, realistically, if the builder is busy and um, you know, if if something happens in the market or we got a pandemic, there there will be delays. That's uh, true. You know, so. Okay, so uh, if I would say from experience, if the builder tells you it's gonna take four months, add another two months yeah. of delays we'll uh, take up to because six it, it always happens. Especially if the builder is busy, it always happens. And um, obviously, uh, you would want to get your property to a higher specification than similar properties that sold on the same road. So you actually want to so to achieve the same. Um, resell value you should aim to have a better standard than the property that's sold um, that your com- than your comparable has sold so you are looking at a higher standard higher specification which will add a little bit more time obviously to the builder's schedule and um, cost to the renovation yes but then i'm sure it will all be worth yeah. it in the end and that's something you've got to consider um okay so your builder is now doing the renovation um so what are we looking at for so we obviously need to produce all the certification before you sell the property so gas certification uh energy performance certification in uk this is a legal document now that has to be produced before you sell or rent the property uh electrical certification um, if you had structural problems in the property, you need to get that signed off, uh, that now it's been rectified. Um, if the renovation is bigger uh, than you expected, then you need to have a building control as well involved, which they need to sign everything off. So this is the sort of stuff that is very important. Okay. Okay. Uh, the other thing you want to be establishing, like you said, adding value, or upgrading the property. So if the property has uh, single glazed windows, you want to put double glazed windows, that's adding value to the property. If the property doesn't have essential heating um, or, or any type of heating, you want to add uh, good heating um, for it as well. Uh, so this is the sort of stuff you're really looking at. Uh, you also need to have a very good power team. So the, the builders need to, if it's a multi, building company where it's got electricians uh, plumbers and all sort or if you want to do it separately it might be slightly cheaper but then the time scale will have to be longer if you're getting you know subcontractor for plumbing subcontractor for electrics my advice would be get a one builder that does it all he can manage everything and he's responsible for it but again everyone mm-hmm. is different um, so i'll leave it to you Especially if you have no experience whatsoever, it will be very hard to coordinate all those trades. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, like Marika said, uh, you want to give the property back on the market with more value uh, and bigger standard than the properties that sold and achieved uh, the price you want on on the road, on the same street. Okay. What are we looking for, Marika, in terms of the returns? What sort of percentages are we looking at? So in terms of returns, um, it depends if you are um, project managing the property yourself, if you've sourced the property yourself and so on. If you have, uh, we would be looking at 15% uh, minimum. About, about 15 So in, in our instance, because we obviously have a sourcing company, uh, we obviously have construction company, um, building company. We also have a project management company. So in our instance, we are a bit more experienced and we actually know what we're doing. So, and we also know the labor and the material cost. So in fact, it does cost us as a property investors less. So in our, if you put yourself in our shoes and you are in similar position or you know you will be in similar position, therefore you're probably looking at 15% minimum return on your on your investment. So after you sell your property and you deduct all cost 
that you have to incur to put the property on the market, you, you, you're trying to achieve 15% after it has been sold. However, if you, are, if you don't have or access to what we have uh, as well, then you're probably looking at closer to 18, 20, maybe even 25%, although it is hard to find 25%. It, we found 45% return on investments before and even 65%, but that's because we, we, we've been doing it for many years. So as a beginner, if you're looking at flipping, let's look between 20 to 25% um, for the first few properties. And then as you get a more experience, you probably will be looking at 18 plus uh, because you will know all the tricks and, and uh, tricks and yeah, and Tricks also, in the top of the trade. if you are aiming at 20 to 25% um, return on investment, if you end up not flipping the property, uh, but instead you will um, refurbish and refinance, then you will end up um, with something we call money in, money out. Um, if, if, if you are aiming at 25%, you will uh, return you will be able to pull all the money through refinancing if you end up not selling the property, which would mean basically you've bought yourself a property for nothing. Yes, and that way that property then produce a passive income, uh, a positive income uh, each month. So that is very yeah. important. However, when you do flipping, as with all investments, and uh, I will repeat again, it doesn't matter if you do stock market, cryptocurrency, uh, gold, silver, bullion, gemstones, whatever you're investing in, you need to make sure you have a backup plan. So in order for, let's say, your, your, you now are doing flipping um, on the real estate, what would you be, Marika, uh, your backup plan? Let's say you've renovated the property, put it back on the market, got really good valuations, 12 months gone now, uh, the property is on the market. It's reaching to 16 months. It's still on the market. You do have, you have offers, but they are ridiculous offers, as we know. What would you be your backup plan if you know, okay, I need to move on. I need to get the money out and start, start investing again. What would you be looking at for the backup plan? Yes, yeah, so as a backup plan, I would look at uh, refinancing the property and... Um mainly with a view of uh, of a buy-to-let uh, mortgage, unless it's in an area that could work as a service accommodation uh, or could work as a HMO, but then with a HMO, again, you would have already done the renovation, so you wouldn't necessarily have thought about doing it to a HMO standard. So I would say the main backup strategy would be a uh, remortgage and put it on a on a yeah end up with a buy to let with 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 a, with a simple buy to let. Yeah. Um unless it's in a holiday area then serves accommodation. Okay. Yeah. Uh okay. Uh so I've mentioned, you know, once you are experienced in flipping, you will start to know the, all the tricks uh, of the trade. Um, so how would you want to increase your percentage on return on investment or how would you save more money for that flip? Okay, so uh, you could potentially look at ways of sourcing cheaper materials um through maybe looking into purchasing materials from abroad um or getting some trade discounts um or even leveraging um at least uh, leveraging with uh, with credits so credit cards or trade cards credit um, you also can have some trade discounts in certain places or you could have like a landlord membership with a landlord association um, where you would get additional discounts um, for property. Um, and that's something you would need to agree with a builder prior to start of the project. Um, 
whether the builder would supply yeah. the materials because sometimes the builder has access to much bigger discount than you would um, get yourself as an individual. So um, sometimes it's be- it, it is better on most occasions is actually better that the, than that the builder supplies the materials. And especially if the builder has got additional discounts or has a knowledge of uh, international market, is able to source materials from abroad, such as we are, um, then it's uh, it, it ca- you can uh, it can be cheaper. Well, one, it can be cheaper, and two, uh, you can be more competitive. Plus, mm. you can have more profit on the on the property because the builder is doing it cheaper. He's yeah. happy because he's got more work because yeah. you're using his discount, yeah. but also you are happy because you have more profits. But let's say you don't have a big budget. Uh, so how could you be creative to make a to make more return on investment percentage for yourself, or to make sure you you get to the percentage? So could you? I'm what I'm, what I'm suggesting here. Mm. So let's say you're not using a. Build the discounts. So what we do, we would go and source materials on Gumtree, for example. Yes. You could use Facebook Marketplace. People are actually giving away sometimes brand new shower trays and stuff like that. So you could actually, if you are a beginner and you're really tight on a budget, your budget is really tight, you could actually uh, get, um, I would say, probably 30 to 40% of the materials for free or very, very cheaply. And you don't really have to have brand new materi- materials, you know, if they mm. are secondhand but really good condition, then the way I look at it, you know, re- you're recycling, yeah. so you're helping the planet as well and you're saving money. Yeah, you don't need to be prepared to travel around and pick up um, all these materials. You don't need to materials. be prepared to travel yeah. around and pick up. Okay, so... Um, any um, advice for people who are looking to do flips? What to look out for? Pros and cons. Um, okay, so what to look out for? So obviously you are looking for below market value deal, as we've explained uh, before, that you could add value and you can resell for um, with profit. Um, so that's the, that's the main um, thing you should be looking at. Um, what else did you ask? What uh, what to look for, what to avoid. Okay, so uh, yeah, so it's basically a summary of what, what we've uh, discussed. So what to look out for, you look at the comparables yeah. um, for similar properties that have uh, sold on the same street or within the same area. You want to be doing your property to a, uh, to a higher spec. I think something we haven't mentioned as well, um, and I'm quite big on that one, is a property staging. Um, and um, why is it important? So property staging um, m- means that you would be getting a furniture, some furniture into the property. And again, you could use um, Facebook Marketplace for that. Uh, you could get cheap um, furniture uh, to stage your property, um, add some plants. Um, well, if, you, if, so, you, if you're a beginner and you don't have a budget for it, you can even yeah. take a take sofas from your house and stage yeah. it, you know, it's that is correct, which we have done before when we were starting our property journey, we used what we could, you have to be creative in order to make profit, right? Uh, yes. Also, the very important is, you know, to see what is, what is now out there in the markets, what is competitive, mm. what, what colors people use. Uh, do you need featured walls? Is, is it worth adding something like USB sockets? Now, this is big now, you know, instead of having one uh, pendant light, one electrical light in a ceiling, maybe you won't have down lights, spotlights. Yeah. This is the sort of thing you want to see. What we tend to do is put laminate flooring uh, in the ground floor throughout where upstairs we have carpets, mm. you know, and then we have tiles in the bathroom on the flooring and mm. all the way to the top of the uh, walls up to the ceilings because 98% of the properties of the uh, in the areas where we flip in, they don't have tiles, only they do splashback. So this is the sort of things you need to recognize to be different and yeah. better than your competitors. Prawns, Prons of it from my side of view of flipping your real estate, your properties, very profitable game. Mm. You can get can, re- be. can be really profitable game. A cons 
um, don't expect to get the rich or get the profit from that property in the next six months. It's usually, I always say to all my coaching and mentoring clients, uh, it's a, it's a, expect this profit within two years. So you buy now, you sell it 24 months, up to 24 months later. It's because you never know what to expect from the market. Another con, uh, capital gain tax. Yeah. If you're flipping quite a lot, then you can be slapped with capital gain tax. There is a way to go around it. Obviously, uh, we are not here to give you a tax advice because we are not authorized and we are not qualified to do so. But from our experience, what you can do is if you don't take this money out of your company, and we mm. suggest doing this on a limited company because it's better uh, for the taxation reasons, if you reinvest your profits straight away, then you're avoiding the capital gain tax. Obviously, in the long run, you will have to eventually be paying some sort of capital gain tax. But again, um, we are not tax advisors. We are not authorized to give any advice or, or tell you what to do and how to do it. We can only tell you what we do, but we do have property tax advisors that advise us uh, yeah. on the correct manner of, of, uh, of ways how to do it. Okay. Yeah, and as I said, the property may not sell for unknown reasons, so you always have to have the backup strategy, which I would suggest as a byproduct. Yeah, yeah. so there is a risk to all investments. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe just mention what sort of property is, uh, in general, not, not good to flip, um, like, you know, those of uh, non-standard construction, for example. Well, it depends. You, know. you can find a non-standard non construction which will flip for good profit, but... You really need to do your research, you know. Mm. Um, and now more and more mortgage uh, brokers and mortgage um, advisors. Advisors, they, they, you will be able to get a mortgage now on those properties because just because they are non-standard, it doesn't mean you're not going to mortgage it. Back of the day, that used to be a very tricky. Now the people do mortgage it, but you need to know that you know that uh, if it's non-standard built i.e. in UK, if it's built for, purely from concrete slabs and stuff, you might find it difficult to flip it and you might find it difficult to mortgage it. It's easier and easier. Mm. I've realized it's easier mm. and easier on the market now, but it never used to be. So, so that is something that you really want to look out for. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, it's easy to look out for. You need to look land registry, speak to the agents, speak to the neighbors, you know, get the local knowledge. Mm. At the end of the day, mm. it's, it's, your po it's your money that uh, it's going to be affected. So if you get it wrong, you're the one who's going to pay for it. Unless you get an investor money, then you don't want to get, uh, you know, slapped from your investor as well. Okay. Um, the other thing that people really, really are forgetting when they're flipping and they don't have... Uh, you know, experience in renovations, contracts with your builder. Contracts with your builder. There is so many cowboy builders, so many cons out there that they might just take your money and you never see it. Or, or we had where we had, we had experience where we were so busy, so we gave the properties to subcontractors and they called in bankruptcy. So you really need to have contracts. These contracts have to be signed along with the specification and the specification have to be detailed, you know, if you're going into flipping business. Because if the builder tells you that he's going to install three sockets, but he only done one socket, then obviously he owns you money. That way he's accountable for it and you are accountable for it. Contracts are there for a reason. Contracts are there to protect you and to, and to protect uh the builder so if you're getting specification from them don't try to make well make sure they are not vague so it's not sort of we're gonna install um sockets sockets that's it you know he needs you need to know specific points uh how many or you you need to have specific metrics so if you're installing flooring how many meters of flooring roughly how many meters of flooring or exact, 
you know, you, you really need to know the numbers. So that way you are clear, he is clear, and it makes so, so much easier for the building company and yourself to know what is expected from you. On that note, Marika, let's give them a quick example of what we've been men mentioning, pardon. So at the beginning, we said that uh, we would be looking at, let's say three bedroom property, right? Yeah. Uh, at the price, purchase price uh, or acquisition price at £100,000 yeah. or $100,000. Yeah. Okay, so the purchase price is a, is a hundred grand. Um, we need to look at the stamp duty at 3%, which is, which is three grand. Stamp duty is in UK, um, uh, so taxation of the property. Yeah. Okay. Okay, um, the legals, and you are looking here at the legals for both purchase of the property and sale of the property because you'll be purchasing and then flipping it on, meaning you'll be selling it at a later date. So you need to look at both legal costs. Um, then the renovation value, which let's say is 25,000. Okay, let me stop you there. You mentioned about the legal costs. So what would be expected roughly for the uh, selling and buying uh, both sides of them? Okay, if it's a simple deal, I would say it will be around a thousand pounds for a Each simple way. deal so, if you're so in the UK. So about thousand pounds to purchase property, yeah. do all the searches. The solicitor does all the searches to check if there's anything wrong with the property, if there is any dr unknown drainages, if there if the properties are under I don't know coal mine, old coal mine, or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they need to do the same when you're selling the property. Yes, that would be, the buyer would be then expecting that, so... But, um, but you still have to use solicitor. Buyer, but you still have to use the solicitor for the sale. It will be easier if you are purchasing the property through the same solicitor as you are selling, then it's easier because the solicitor knows you, knows the deal already, so, so then it becomes a bit easier. Um, but yeah, it will be approximately a thousand pounds each way. So okay, let's say and then you said renovation that. about twenty five k. Yeah, it's a simple renovation. Yeah. Uh, basically, the smelly, shitty, stinky property. We stripping the property, uh, redecorating, bit of electrics, bit of flaming. So, so fairly simple. Yeah. Okay. And if you are using a project manager for that, then it's additional ten percent for that. Ten percent um, of what? Of the renovation value, which is 2.5k. Yeah, that is the standard for the current market. Yeah. yeah. And then if you are using a sourcer to find you a, a, such a deal um, that you can flip, if you, let's say, don't have the knowledge of the local market, or if you are busy and you don't have time to look for properties, um, then you would use a sourcer who charges on average, depending on the deal, but on a simple deal, would be about 3.6 grand. Um, okay, so that's about it in terms of the fees, uh, the main fees. Um, and let's say the resale value will be 165,000. 165,000 after the renovation. So okay. similar properties on your street have sold for 165,000. In a good condition or very good condition, basically. Yes. Okay. okay. So, what, so we, what numbers are we looking at? Your, so you need to look at what you've spent in total on so total this spend. deal. Um, and so what is the total so spend the total for this spend example? The total spend here is 136,100. Okay. And similar properties on the same street have sold for 165,000. Now, can I stop you there? Mm -hmm. When we're talking about the total spend, that is obviously adding the acquisitioning of the company, of the property, sorry, yeah. so purchase price. Then you added the stamp duty, which is the tax yeah. for the property. Yeah. Then you're adding the renovation to it because this is something you have to spend. Yeah. Then you're adding the legal cost to it as well for mm -hmm. buying and selling. Uh, and then if you're using project manager and a sourcing company to find you the deal and look after the deal, then you need to add this cost. That is the total spend. And you have to, as an investor, calculate those. It's a true uh, return on investment that we uh, now 
looking at because it's the it's the money that you are actually spending in order to get money back out of the deal so if someone is not calculating those costs then they're basically stealing money from their own pocket because the calculation straight away is wrong mm-hmm. okay okay so the total cost we calculated was 136,100 yeah. isn't yeah. it yeah so what now so we need to work out what the profit would be so to work out the profit we need to subtract the total spend that you've spent from the from the amount you are hoping to achieve so we said in this case uh, we are hoping to achieve 165,000 so we need to subtract what we spent in total which was 136,100 so the potential profit that comes down to is 28,900 okay and we need to work out what is the return on investment which is and, the percentage uh, which is the percentage value uh, which we have said we are aiming of a minimum of 15 percent plus that's if you're doing most of the work yourself if you doing yeah and you source the property yourself and stuff like that uh, but if you are outsourcing and using uh, different companies then you're probably looking at Closer to 20 plus, isn't it? 20, 25%. Yes. And if you are unsure whether it's going to flip or not, then you are probably aiming towards 25% so you can get all the money out after refinance with your backup strategy. Okay, so your profit is 28,900 and you have spent 136,000. So you have to divide your profit um, over the total spent and multiply that by a to work out the percentage value which in this case is 21% okay so Yay. that would be ideal yeah. flip then but then exactly. let's say this flip has not sold so what would be in that example what would be your backup plan what would be your strategy for your backup plan? so let's say uh, this is in good housing area with a good family orientated uh, community there is a, a good schools around and I don't know, let's say uh, 800 uh, pounds per annum. Yeah. Uh, sorry, so, per, per month so rental. What I would need to work out is the um, two things. One would be the yield um, that we can achieve from this property. So we would need to work out what the mortgage costs would be. For, for that property. So uh, let's say the end value is 165,000. We will be putting a mortgage on that, let's say at 75%. So the mortgage at 75% loan to value um, is 123,000. So this is the mortgage you will be getting. Okay. Um, in terms of the yield, um, you need to um, you need to work out what the rental yield would be. So you need to work out what the monthly rental, um, actually the annual rental. So the monthly rental we have mentioned um, around eight hundred. Um, 800 we have to multiply by 12 months, which will give us 9,600. Um, so 9,600 is the amount we would be receiving from the rent. Um, we have to divide that by our total spend uh, to work out the yield. In this case, it comes down to 7%, which is, as we have mentioned, um, it, it is quite good, the 7%. Yeah, um, seven eight percent is it's it's good as a ba- as, as a backup, as a backup yeah. plan. Seven percent is it's considered good. Yes, as a cash purchase. Okay. Um, because if you if you then remortgage this property, as you said, uh, as a backup plan, we're gonna uh, rent the property. So basically, you bought it and you're now letting it out. So it basically essentially now is buy to let. Yeah. then uh, what you want to do is take as much money out of that property uh, and then reinvest it. Yeah. So in this case, when you are mortgaging at 75% on 165000 you um, are pulling out 123. 
but you have spent 136, meaning you are leaving 9,000 in the deal. Which is ideal, a, uh, which is ideal buy to let because we, our, our, what we always do when we buy buy to lets, if after refinancing the deal, we leave up to 10,000 pounds in the deal, we always say, uh, we always say uh, of a fair market value up to 200,000. Therefore, uh, it's, it's a good deal because you will actually get most of the money back and the property will be for free within one and a half year. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying here is we, after uh, refinancing that deal, we will get uh, 123750 and that is uh, because it's loan to value at 75%. So we left £9,000 uh, in the deal because our total spend of the renovation and all cost was 136000 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Therefore, so, so we leave because the rental is eight hundred, mm-hmm. it will take a year to get the nine thousand pounds back. Mm-hmm. But to be to, in order to be to have a profit, because obviously there might be some maintenance, there you still have to pay some management fees to the agents and stuff like that. So after one and a half year, that property will essentially be free. Mm-hmm. So you could actually also think about it that after refinancing the deal and the bank gives you most of the money back, you purchase the property for 9000 because this is what is left in the deal. That is correct. And within one year, you you've got a free, free property. property. Yeah. So this is the beauty of flipping and having a buy-to-let options as well. So um, which, which the one thing we have not mentioned is when you said that the f- uh, property uh, is estimated at 165,000 on the road because the other property have sold and that's purely for the flipping side what do we call this we call this fair market value yeah yeah so yeah. so the 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 predicted mm. valuation at that road that you're trying to achieve in that example, we said 165. Mm. For all the property investors uh, or beginners that are listening, this is called fair market value or estimated market value. Yeah, or some people call it if you haven't if you haven't flipped the property yet. Some people say as the estimated future market value. Yeah. So estimated future market value of your property. What is it going to sell at? Yeah. And then essentially, if you then refinancing because you haven't sold it, then this is BRR, buy, renovate, refinance. I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, We love you all. We love your work. And we'll see you on the next one. See you on the next one. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed the podcast, remember to like and subscribe on your platform of choice. 